0: You are listening to Let's Talk Trio on podcast. Keep up with the latest episodes by downloading the Podbean app or stream episodes via our social media accounts. Search for Let's Talk Trio on Facebook or Instagram. This episode is sponsored by Student Access. Student Access, the leader in TRIO software. Student Access is an online database solution that allows TRIO programs to track their students' information, connect with students by text messages, streamline the APR, and work from anywhere, all online, with automatic updates for changes from the Department of Education. Their technical support team includes former TRIO staff and has over 50 years of combined experience working with TRIO. Make it easier to focus on your priority, the students. For more information and to request a free demo, visit their website at www.studentaccess.com or call them toll-free at 1-800-801-1232. That website again is www.studentaccess.com or 1-800-801-1232. Be sure to share your favorite episodes on your social media by tapping that share button. This is a great way to support the podcast. Now here's your host, Juan Rivas.
1: Thank you, Emilia, for that wonderful introduction. Hello, listener, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Trio. I am your host, Juan Rivas. In today's episode, we have Pablo Rosas, who is a current student at Colorado State University and participant of the Academic Advancement Center. Pablo is on the podcast to talk about his educational journey his experience as a transfer student, deciding to attend Colorado State University, and what the future may hold for him. So coming up in just a bit, Pablo Rosas. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors. Angelica Villalpando, Rosario Riley, Dr. Jamie Motley, Dr. Ryan Barone, Jaded Electronics, TrioJoblist.com, and Student Access. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. You too can be a sponsor of the podcast. Head on over to Patreon and search for Let's Talk Trio. Choose one of four patron levels. You can support this podcast for as little as a dollar a month. A dollar a month does go a long way in supporting this podcast. If you own a business or a corporation and would like to sponsor this podcast, please email us at letstalktrio at gmail.com for details. If you would like to nominate a participant, staff, or alumni to be on the podcast, send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com. That email again is L E T S T A L K T R I O at gmail.com. Again, a great episode featuring Pablo Rosas from Colorado State University's Academic Advancement Center. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode. Hi, Trio Nation. My guest on the Let's Talk Trio podcast is a current participant of the Academic Advancement Center and will soon graduate from Colorado State University. In his free time, he likes to snowboard, cook, and learn a little bit about investing. Welcome to the podcast,
2: Pablo Rosas. Pablo, welcome. Thank you so much, Juan, for the introduction. It's a pleasure being here on your podcast. Uh, Yeah, thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. Uh, How are you doing? I'm doing good. You know, the stress of finals is coming in. Definitely. Yeah. I was just <laughs> out at an event for my other job at, at Tilt. Oh, yeah? Maybe, which is the Institute for Learning and Teaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we were out there doing, have a little party. I was playing some soccer, and now I'm a little out of breath. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Um, I saw you walking in with a mug, so you
1: that makes two mugs that you get to walk away with because... Uh, the AAC awarded you a mug because you're graduating. That must be, it's coming by very quickly, right?
2: Oh yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, and I'm super appreciative of what the AAC has done for me and as well as TILT. Awesome.
1: So this semester has certainly flown by. You're about to graduate. As of this recording, you're about a week away. Uh, How are you feeling?
2: It feels a little surreal, but I also have like, I don't know. Like graduation, or oh, I've been asked, like, how do you feel about graduating? And I'm like, ah, uh, like I know it's coming, <laughs> right. and kind of I feel a little indifferent about it. Like, yeah. It almost feels like just another event, but it's a, I know it's a big milestone. It is. It is a huge milestone. I think
1: that graduation doesn't really set upon you. Like it, it feels distant still until you walk across the stage and you receive your diploma. So by then, hopefully something, uh, more emotions follow that or something else follows that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I definitely do think that my parents are, I think, more excited than I am. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, For the audience, I have known Pablo for a little
1: over a year now. uh, And I can tell you that Pablo is very much your lifelong learner. And I also currently serve as your retention specialist. Can you talk to us a little bit about yourself, Pablo? What do you enjoy doing and what have you liked most about living in Fort Collins?
2: Yeah. So, as Juan mentioned, my name is Pablo Pablo Rosas, and I'm a first generation Latino. I'll be the the very first in my family to you well, know, to go to college and graduate. And yeah, I come from Western Colorado, around the Glenwood Springs area. So I'm from the little town of Newcastle. I say Glenwood Springs because it's it's a landmark that mm-hmm. most people would know about. Right. And yeah, I came up here to Fort Collins about a year and a half ago. And I've, since I, visit, I visited in Fort Collins on a transfer visit from, my, uh, from the community college that I was attending, and I really enjoyed the CSU campus and just the overall like like ambience and community that there is here. Yeah. Do you have a favorite spot on campus? I would probably say the Oval. The Oval. Mm-hmm. All right. I know my first semester on campus or here at CSU, I, I spent at least two to three days at the Oval, like like just sitting out there for an hour, just laying down on the grass. Mm-hmm. Or I guess when you could, when it was warm. <laughs> yeah. Talk to us about your upbringing. What was that like for you? So for my upbringing, I am the oldest, the oldest in out of my siblings, I have two younger sisters, uh-huh. so a lot of responsibilities, like, came onto me, Right, and it was definitely interesting, because I was actually born in Reno, Nevada, and oh, wow. the, the 2008 recession caused us to move over to Colorado, uh-huh. and yeah, th- that recession taught me a lot, like, I was just, what was it, like, seven, eight years old, and... Wow. From that age, I started learning about money. I'm like, oh, okay, so we don't have a lot of money. Mm-hmm. and huh, and it just put into perspective a lot of like our expenses and rent mm-hmm. and just in general, like everything associated with money, including like the cost of like maintaining uh, the family car. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so the recession for i I'm, I'm not sure exactly why, but. Like, I know the recession was a terrible part or a terrible thing that happened to a lot of people here in the U.S. Mm -hmm. But it almost felt like a blessing Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. Like, I know, like, we, like, as a a family, we struggled a lot. And I know a lot of other people did. But I will, but that, that provided us the opportunity to move to Colorado. Yeah. And coming from the city of Reno, it's, in my opinion, I love Colorado way better. And I've, although I have missed out on some opportunities coming from a small town, like I have enjoyed the lifestyle and it definitely humbled me a lot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, would it be
1: accurate to say that your family valued education?
2: Oh, yes. Or values education? Yeah, they definitely do. Like, from a young age, they were always telling me, like, College is your goal because, like, most, um, most, like, let's say, immigrant families think that they didn't get the opportunity to pursue their education, Mm -hmm. so then they want their children to be better than them. Mm -hmm. And the easiest way to do that is to pursue that education. Mm -hmm. Like, for context, my both of my parents only got to middle school education, they never got to high school, Mm -hmm. and like I mentioned, from that young age. They were always pushing me to think about college. Do you remember what you wanted to be when you were little? Honestly, no. I had no idea. And, <laughs> and kind of like what I mentioned from the 2008 recession, like that caused me to, for lack of a better term, like grow up at a young age. And I knew that I I didn't exactly want to grow up because I'd be missing, like, the fun stuff yeah. out of being a kid. Right. And, uh, yeah, like, I, n- I never gave it much thought about what I wanted to be, mm-hmm. but as I got into high school, uh, we had a family tragedy, and that made me think more about college, and what was in my junior year in high school, I decided, like, hmm, I want to help people, and mm-hmm. The way I think I can do that is to go to med school, become a doctor. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh,
1: did you automatically like school when you started?
2: Oh, definitely not. <laughs> and to a certain extent, I still don't like school. <laughs> <laughs> Even now that you're about to graduate, you're like, eh, school. Yeah, yeah. And I resonate with like the with a lot of the students that school feels like a hassle, but it's it's a stepping stone to hopefully put us in the right direction about what we'd like to do with our lives. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Talk to us about your middle school and high school years. What were they like for you?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so my middle school, um, there really wasn't anything, like, huge that happened. Like, it's just, like, your average middle school story, like, yeah, like, okay, I'm here in fifth grade, or for context, my Middle school went through fifth through eighth. So I was here in fifth grade, middle school, and kind of just flew by. Mm -hmm. And looking back on it now, like, I kind of miss it. I remember some days in middle school, like, we'd have like a social studies class or a science class, and we'd just kind of like have fun or like watch Bill and I. Right. And there really wasn't any sort of like curriculum per se. And going into high school, it's like I guess when things started to change a little bit more oh yeah how like, so like th- there was more like responsibilities uh-huh. about just thinking about the future and mm-hmm. like just like the family security and all that and a lot of taking care of my sisters was, yeah that's something that I didn't mention about middle school that um, yeah I took a uh, took care of my sisters a lot both of my parents worked yeah and so, it fell on
1: you as the older brother to look after the siblings and make sure that they were okay and all that.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely did. And yeah, it definitely pushed me to like kind of learn how to cook. Oh, wow. Okay. So, that's where the cooking kind of comes yeah. in. You learned a lot of cooking. Is there a
1: favorite dish that you like to cook or something that you specialize in?
2: Hmm. I know there was. Um, like, the easiest thing that I would always make, and one of the most memorable mem- memorable things that I would do, was just make, like, scrambled eggs with, oh, nice. uh, with, like, ham. So, what well, was con ham revueltos. Oh, well, oh, yeah,
1: that smells delicious. Mm-hmm. So, did your sisters kind of, like, were very, like, gravitated toward that food, and it, it feels like home for, for them? I would say so, yeah. Okay. It on that's awesome uh, i didn't know that that's like that's what you did for your families like you you cooked and that's why you still like to learn about cooking and all that so i just recently picked up cooking mm-hmm. i think i shared it with you in in one of our many meetings like mm-hmm. i just recently started learning how to cook and i i have now learned how to appreciate the art form of cooking mm-hmm. because it does take patience and skill
2: oh yeah definitely like Like, well, as I was cooking, like, I've learned, like, a few different ways of, like, how to cook eggs. Uh Because eggs are so versatile. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And one of my... One of the things that I experimented with was I saw... um, I think I was watching, like, the Food Channel. And Gordon Ramsay was on. And he was making... Oh, had to be Gordon Ramsay. (laughs) He was was making the scrambled (laughs) eggs in a pot. And I was Uh like, I've always used... A skillet, oh, right? Yeah, like a skillet, like a skillet. Yeah, sounds like, hmm. And you put like cream cheese in it. What? And oh, he was getting fancy. With oh the eggs. like <laughs> yeah, it's like cream cheese. In <laughs> it, but yeah. I was, then I tried it out. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it was definitely different than the regular scrambled eggs that I make. Uh-huh. It, was a, it was a lot more creamier and just lighter in general. Lighter.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I've learned a lot of the recipes that I'm cooking for my kids mm-hmm. through a TikTok. Um, are you on TikTok at
2: all? You know, I am actually not on TikTok. So you've resisted. I you yeah. resisted. <laughs> yeah, well, I will admit that I am on Instagram, and a lot of the content that falls within TikTok eventually it, it leaks. It, it, it yep. leads
1: over to, to Instagram. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so as we were reflecting in your middle school, high school years, you were talking about uh, responsibility and how that shifted a, 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 in high school. Uh, could you talk to us? Uh, Were you thinking about college while in high school?
2: Mm, Not too much. Not too much? Well, ever since I was little, my dad was always telling me, like, hey, like, think about what you want to do. Uh-huh. You're going to be going to college. Uh Uh-huh. And college had never felt like an option to me. It was just something that I knew I was going to have to do. Mm -hmm. And... Yeah, my dad was always telling me, like, okay, hey, like, think about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Like, I've thought about it just to, like, get him off my, my back. Okay. And, like, a little bit of, like, what I mentioned earlier, we had a family tragedy. And mm-hmm. that led me to think more about what I'd want to do. And mm-hmm. I wanted to help people. And the way that I, the only way that I thought I could do that was going through med school and becoming a doctor. So in that moment, you were thinking about, i got to go to med school uh, where you're thinking about these
1: prestigious colleges that produce doctors
2: mm-hmm. so like the entire like i guess introduction to college like my high school never really helped me out with that and it's kind of like your average like first generation uh trope and mm-hmm. like, you kind of have to go like figure it out yourself yeah that's... and that's what <laughs> fell upon me that I had to figure out, I remember the first time I ever filled out FAFSA, I think it took me like six or eight hours, like just to fill it out because I asked my counselors for help. Mm -hmm. They said they couldn't help me out. And I was like, that's a little odd. Yeah. Like, okay, well, whatever. And not, not oh The same thing didn't happen with the teachers, but I guess I never got around to asking the teachers because... The, what the counselor just told me, I was like, oh, well, if they don't have time, then the teachers probably won't have time, so I guess I'll just do it on my own. Yeah.
1: So you really had to figure out the whole FAFSA thing, the whole applying for colleges thing on your own.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I definitely did. And one of the biggest things that uh, resonates a lot with me with other first-generation students is that lack of information. So... it's more common knowledge now but for those of you that don't know there's these there's a national and like state level there's these two scholarships there's a national level and then there's a state level the national one is the daniels uh scholarship and the state level is the better scholarship and each of those grants you basically like a full ride to like any un- any un- university and and that's with respect to whichever college or not whichever college but whichever scholarship that you end up winning. And as I was going through, like thinking about college and all that, uh, the information about those scholarships was never uh, told to a lot of us students. Mm-hmm. And only a select group of individuals in my high school were told about these opportunities. Well, that,
1: that seems very selective.
2: Like, doesn't, uh, and I'm not, I'm not trying to
1: say malicious, but it's almost done with intent to. Uh, close out those who could qualify
2: Mm -hmm. yeah like I still have no idea Mm -hmm. like why it happened and unfortunately it that it did happen and I wasn't by the time I found out about those scholarships, they'd already gone through at least two rounds of interviews and I had I was it was already a long gone opportunity I'm so sorry to hear that oh yeah it is what it is and what I told my sisters now, or my younger sister, or my oldest sister, she is 16 years old right now. She's a sophomore in high school. And I told her, if you ever need to know anything about college, tell me first. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't rely on the counselors because you, like, yeah, there definitely is some new counselors at the high school, but sometimes. There will always be that lack of information. Oh, absolutely. And yeah. Because that happened to me, I want to be the most informed as I can Mm -hmm. to prevent other people from going through that. And especially my sisters. Like if I if I didn't have the chance to do that, I want them at least to have that opportunity. Absolutely.
1: As uh, your graduation year for senior year approached, do you remember what you were feeling, what, what was going through your mind as your approached graduation in high school?
2: Hmm. So approaching graduation, like it, it kind of feels like what it, what it kind of feels like for college right now. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like any other event. Oh, really?
1: Like, so still very humble, very mm-hmm. not, not a big deal, but knowing it is a big deal.
2: Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, with my family, I'm, well, I do have an older cousin that did graduate high school, mm-hmm. but for my direct family, I would be the first one. And that was a big deal for them because yeah. no one had ever done that and just navigating all that. But with approaching graduation, by that time, I had already uh, determined, I was already, I already, i had already set my path on what to do after high school. So huh. I decided to go on to a local community college called uh, Colorado Mandan College and I was uh, fortunate enough to have gotten uh have the opportunity to apply to a lot of their scholarships mm-hmm. and with the amount of scholarships that I received like all my tuitions books and fees were covered That's and so I was easy. also able to uh, receive a decent amount of refund checks that's amazing. Uh, so that was that the reason why you chose
1: Colorado Mountain College, or was there more reasons to that?
2: Mm, a lot of it was like the financial aspect, because I, I, I already known that going to like a university like CSU and University of Northern Colorado, even like um, University of Colorado in Boulder, mm-hmm. like you're going to spend at least around 20 to $30,000 a year. Yeah. And knowing like my family circumstances, I'm like, I don't think I'm able to do that because I don't want to put my family in a burden. Right. And like, I know that we can't exactly afford to send one of us to college. So the way that I saw it is that I was like, okay, I can go to a community college, and I still have the opportunity to go to university after, mm-hmm. so university isn't a lost opportunity. All right,
1: um, what was your experience like there at uh, Colorado Mountain College? What did you like about it? What is something that really spoke to you, or uh, what did, what program did you follow?
2: Yeah, so at at Colorado Mountain College, I, well, even back then. Like I had no idea of like what to do for like a major, mm-hmm. and thinking about like medical school, I thought like oh hey, there's an associates of science in chemistry. Chemistry was easy enough in high school, so yeah, I'll major in chemistry. Okay, and that led me to go through their their program there. There's nothing nothing like special, just your. Mm-hmm. Just your, like general courses and all that knocking getting them out of the way and my first semester there I one of the requirements for all degrees at uh, Colorado Mountain College is yeah you, know, you, you have to take a public speaking course and in that public speaking course it was one of the hardest classes that I ever took at that college oh really yeah it was and that was mainly because of the of the professor he was very very strict. Oh wow! And very peculiar about his grading. That is, th- did it
1: seem arbitrary, or did it just seem like they that th- they were always looking for something more specific about your speech?
2: Hmm. Well, I think like his his grading did have a, did have a point. Okay. Because in the grand scheme of things, he all he was trying to do was try to get you to be better be a better public speaker and it did it helped me become oh i'd like to say that i'm a pretty good like public speaker because of that class and without that class if that class wasn't as difficult as that professor would have made it yeah then i definitely would be way more afraid of public speaking
1: how was the campus culture there at Colorado Mountain College? Did you enjoy it? Did you get to get yourself
2: involved with a lot of activities? Talk to us a little bit about that. Mm. So at that college, I... So a little, a little bit of context. So in high school, there was Trio SSS. Oh, yeah. Yes, and right. I... I dabbled I in some thoughts about joining TRIO SSS in high school and I asked around This like I asked my counselors yeah and they they told me or I asked them like what is this they're like oh it's just a mass after school program mm. they're like, so oh. they're kind of just
1: like dismissive about it like eh, just... yeah
2: they're like it's just a mass an after school program ah. they just sit in the library every Wednesday for about an hour two hours or two hours and yeah that's all they do I was like oh well, I don't think I want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. So then I never ended up joining it in high school. Oh no! But going into uh, Colorado Mountain College, I saw the Truo program and then looked into it more myself. Uh-huh. And I saw that their program, or um, what TRIO does, is that they primarily help minority students, mm-hmm. like get a foothold in their future. Yeah. Let's say. Yeah and there oh, I ended up joining the Truo program at Colorado Mountain College and I met uh, my my True advisor there she was definitely like one of the most Im- influential and impactful people while my time at Colorado Mountain College she's the reason why I'm here uh, on this podcast today and at <laughs> Colorado State University would you like to give a shout out yeah I would love to do that no, it's Love to get a shout, shout out to Hetzamani Hamond. You really helped me out and just sent me on the right path. And although you're not there at that specific campus, like I so very much am so connected with her and do talk to her every now and then. Oh, that's and amazing. catch up.
1: So hopefully let her know that you're on the podcast and when this episode publishes, she's listening to it. So awesome. Uh, how long were you there for, Pablo,
2: at the uh, CMC? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I was there for two years, so I started my associates in um, in fall 2019, mm-hmm. and as we all know, spring 2020 was... That very, was something else. That was a, <laughs> that was a very interesting time. Um, the first half of the spring semester, everything was normal, and then boom. Suddenly, it wasn't. Suddenly, we just have... Extended spring break. Oh, wow. And, oh, all their classes are online now.
1: Uh-huh. And, yeah. How quick were you able to adapt to that, to the new online uh, college delivery?
2: Mm-hmm. It, I took a little bit of time, mm-hmm. like, getting adjusted to that, especially because I didn't have a space to take classes online at, at my parents' home, like, I, I remember at the sort of uh, the start of the pandemic, I would often just do all my classes on my bed because that's the only place that I had. I'd be taking notes there, like asking questions and all that, just doing the regular class stuff yeah and it and like many others, I never I almost never had my camera on. It just, felt, it just felt awkward i think now employers and colleges are trying to incentivize
1: to turn mm-hmm. have people turn on their cameras even though we're now hybrid right yep. and csu is now fully back on campus uh but there's they're trying for different methods to incentivize you to turn on your camera which i find hilarious mm-hmm. um oh, sorry go ahead
2: well yeah like i so yeah starting august 2019 Oh yeah, and like a little little side detail. Yeah, yeah. Go about my time at Colorado Mountain College, I did start a chess club. A chess club. Yeah, it was a chess club. I started. It, I started it with a friend in fall twenty nineteen, and it was moder- moderately successful. We got some people interested in it. Right. People that yeah. had never touched chess in their lives. <laughs> wow. Like we taught him how to play and the pandemic happened and that got that just fell apart because oh, we couldn't yeah. have couldn't yeah could we do just one. couldn't have like those meetings anymore yeah and yeah like everything was just like overwhelming at the beginning mm-hmm. so then we didn't end up continuing it so then my last year there was it fall fall 2020 up through spring 2021 I definitely got more adjusted to like the classes and the online structure because a lot of the professors they had the summer to kind of like figure out like okay how am I gonna deliver my content right and how am I going to teach this course right so there was it was definitely better in in late 2020 in that fall semester yeah and went through all that and ended up graduating in spring 2021. Wow. And I guess another little side piece was that from that initial public speaking course that I took my first semester, uh-huh. that professor pushed me to take uh, or to add on a major. And that major was in communication. Oh, wow. Okay. So then he told me, I was like, oh, hey, like, if you want to add, you should add this major because." You already took public speaking, and looking looking at your schedule, you'll only need to take one more class mm-hmm. yeah. to complete the major requirement. I'm like... Sounds too good to be true, though. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, it was too good to be true. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, one more class? That can't be too bad. Yeah. What was it? Like, or one class equated to three credits, and... Lo and behold, it was not one class. Oh no! It was no. nine more credits. Oh my goodness! So I had to take an additional three more classes oh. to fulfill the major requirements for that communication major. Mm-hmm. But by the time I had realized that it was more classes than I than I had hoped for, uh-huh. I was already a little deep in it. I was like, "Well, I already started it. I'm already in this <laughs> class. Might as well just." finish it out you struck me as a person that
1: always likes to just finish it no matter
2: mm-hmm. what yeah like generally for most things whatever i start mm-hmm. i want to finish okay. i don't want to leave anything unfinished so yeah so spring 2021 comes in and i'm walking at graduation with and the shifts. So- of science and chemistry and then associates of arts and communication.
1: That's amazing. That's amazing, Pablo. Uh, Obviously, your journey didn't end there. You transferred to Colorado State University. Who or what guided that decision?
2: So, it was my true advisor that led me to come to CSU. And I came on a transfer visit in fall 2019 to CSU. Uh-huh. And before even coming on this transfer visit, I was actually thinking of attending a different university. Oh, really? Called uh, Colorado Mesa Uni- University. Oh, Colorado Mesa, yeah. And yeah, yeah. for those of you that aren't familiar with that university, it's in Grand Junction, Colorado. So, and that university is only an hour away from my parents' home. So I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be too far from my from my parents. Uh-huh. I can see them almost every weekend if I'd like. Yeah. And, yeah, but the revelations of coming here to CSU on that transfer visit was just mind, mind-boggling. Really? Because I had visited the, the, uh, the Colorado Minnesota University campus, and I wasn't a very big fan of it, but I saw that as a way to just, like, continue and further my education. But coming on the transfer visit here, I was like, wow. I really like Fort Collins. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of these of these campus squirrels <laughs> <laughs> And just in general, like most of the people, like like if you go around campus and you're just straight up confused, you can go up to almost any person, and chances are they'll help you out. That's awesome.
1: Um- So, uh, it sounds like you got the initial impression of CSU was very, very positive. You really liked the campus. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you tell us, how did you learn about the AAC, or the Academic Advancement Center, and how did you join? Yeah, so,
2: with the AAC, I, so, a little bit of context, at Colorado Mountain College, I worked in the TRIO program. I was a participant and an employee of the TRIO program, and I worked there as a kind of like a peer mentor and I I enjoyed my I enjoyed doing that Mm -hmm. I was like oh I wonder if I can work at the trio program at CSU (laughs) and coincident and at a mere coincidence well before that even happened or even thought about working here Mm -hmm. I was accepted into the Reischer Scholars program and what are the requirements for that scholarship is that you have to work 10 hours a week oh wow okay. so that pushed me more about to think about like oh what am I going to do for a job right so then that's when I was that's when I started thinking about like I wonder if I can work at the trueo program at CSU uh-huh. I know I'm going to be a participant yeah and another coincidence was <laughs> that um Tim Kafalas. I believe he is the assistant director for. uh, Help help me out here, Juan. He's the assistant director. He's the assistant director for
1: assessment and technology.
2: Yes, that's right. Yeah, he he sent out an email to incoming AAC participants, telling just telling us like, hey, we have this job come opening up as as administrative support staff. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that. That sounds sounds, yeah, that sounds cool. Like, I'll do that. Yeah. Ended up applying and I ended up working here at the AEC. Awesome. And while working here at the AEC I met some very good friends and great retention specialists like Juan here. Oh thanks, Pablo. And yeah. And as an employee it definitely helped me out be more involved as a participant. Absolutely. As I could see like all the different like Workshops or drive opportunities and all the events that the AAC would host. I know one of the memorable ones that we've or that I've been to within my time here has been going to Meow Wolf. And so the Conversion Station in downtown Denver and the networking dinner or the networking dinners that they host Mm -hmm. annually. Yeah. Right on.
1: So, I know I've already asked you this question, but uh, you are about a week away from graduating. And I've asked this question so many times every time, I think every time we meet, but uh, one more time, how is it feeling for you? Has it sunk in that
2: you're graduating? Hmm. Not quite. Like, Like, I almost saw everyone like, yeah, Like I know it's coming, and it's a big milestone, and... And like I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, it almost feels like just another, just another event. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: What are your future plans and what do you hope to do now that you're about to graduate? Like now, no, uh, kind of seeing past graduation, is are there any plans for you?
2: Yeah. So, so originally at the beginning of my, or at the beginning when I got to CSU, I was still on the mindset about going to medical school. Mm -hmm. Well, as I looked more into it, I wasn't a big fan of everything associated with like the admissions, being in medical school and uh, residency. So once you finish medical school, you have to go through a residency program, which is just like training you to become Mm -hmm. a doctor or a licensed doctor. And I realized maybe medical school isn't for me mm. and that's when I started thinking about like, okay, there's other ways to help people, yeah so then I started looking at other avenues within biology,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and i found I found a pretty good interest in in What's called mycology, and that's just like the study of uh fungi, mm. which is mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And there's the world of fungi is immense. There's so much you can do, like for example, you can make biodegradable, uh, biological biodegradable products mm-hmm. out of fungi. Like you can make shipping containers that mimic styrofoam or mimic the material of styrofoam. So there's um a sustainable way of shipping stuff out in the mail. Yeah. And there's also micro bricks. So it's just it's like a brick, like a regular brick, but mm-hmm. made out out of mushrooms. Wow. And yeah, they they both have like their whole like treatment process that they go through in order to make those yeah products. Another thing is that there's a company I, I can't remember what their name was, but they, they invented and patented a way to uh, pull oil out of uh, or get oil spills out of water. What? So it almost kind of looks like a log, uh-huh. and they just throw it in the in the oil spill. And what the mushroom does is that it's going to be sucking up that oil uh-huh. and doing almost nothing to the water. Wow that's impressive that's just like the the sustainability side because oh again you can also make uh, clothes out of fungi Mm -hmm. like you can put them through like a little treatment process and make fibers out of it and from those fibers you can make clothes whoa and one of the dreams that I have is to is to invent something that I can that I can do with Fungi and I hope that it will help people in the long run and yeah that's just one aspect of what I want to do and recently I've become very interested in just higher education in general Mm -hmm. like going throughout higher education I've, I've enjoyed it a lot for the most part and throughout my journey I've noticed that there's some things that could be improved, and the one of the biggest things for me is having that transparency for students, absolutely, or like a go-to guide absolutely. for random questions you might have. Like there was a there was a time where I was looking to extend my graduation, but I at that time I had already completed or that semester, I was finishing up my all my major requirements and i was looking at possibly adding a minor to extend my graduation but then i realized or i went to the office of financial aid and they told me oh we can't offer you any financial aid Mm -hmm. because you already completed you already completed your major requirements wow and financial aid at this university does not cover minors Mm -hmm. i was like huh that's super interesting and very helpful to know yeah. So just very obscure little details like that is yeah. what I want more people to know about. That's wonderful. Is, I, th- I think it would be super beneficial. It would have been beneficial for me to know about that. And I know it will be for people in the, other people in the future. Absolutely. And even just working here at the AAC, I've enjoyed a lot of what the Academic Advantage Center does. And Juan has had a huge impact in on my journey, and I want to be that person for other students.
3: That's good,
1: man. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And thank you for the wonderful compliment. I think you would be a, an outstanding advocate uh, in trio programs or even in higher education. Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. So right now, like post graduation, I have applied to a few jobs around the CSU community. Mm-hmm. This is getting into student affairs, being like uh like a scholar contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll see we'll see where that takes me and well oh, we'll see how that goes. Because my overall goal is to uh go into a PhD program in higher education because I wholeheartedly believe that with a PhD you oh I'll be able to have that influence mm-hmm. to bring about mm-hmm. those changes that I would want to see around the, the university. Right on.
1: What is one word you would use to describe yourself?
2: Hmm. I would say... Disciplined. Disciplined. All
1: right. What advice do you have for students who are thinking about transferring to a different institution
2: that are first generation? Mm-hmm. Are you... By transferring to a different institution, are you saying, like, moving away from CSU? Either they're thinking they're either in a
1: community college or they could be at CSU or they could be at a different institution and they're just like, I want to transfer somewhere else to to get a different degree. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, some advice there.
2: Yeah, so I definitely recommend, like, uh, for whatever area or major you're particularly interested in uh, pursuing, Like, do your research, because that's something that I did not do, and I got into, or the only reason that, or one of the reasons that I got into the biology major here at CSU was because I wanted to explore other majors, or Mm -hmm. not other majors, but other, Mm -hmm. other concentrations within biology, and like I, the same exact thing I did for Colorado Mountain College, biology was easy in high school. So I was like, biology can't be too, can't be that much more difficult, right? <laughs> right. Okay. And I learned that it is a lot more difficult at the un- at the university level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just with classes. I know here at CSU, there is the infamous uh, BMS three hundred, which is principles. Oh, I've heard a lot about this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's principles of human physiology, and I've. I've heard it from the uh, from one of my one of my new mentors, uh, Ryan Barone. He works as a VP for Student Success in the Office of the Provost. We were having a conversation, and he told me, "Hey, so what do you know about BMS three hundred? I see that you're a TA for it." Mm-hmm. He's like, "How can we make this class better because it's the most both class in the entire university?" and I almost failed that class myself. Ah. So what was some feedback that you've uh, shared with uh, Ryan? It was definitely like I guess having more resources available for for students and letting them know that getting help is okay. Okay. There's I know there's a lot of Sigma around getting help in general because i still think about that stigma that like oh i don't need the help right even though i know i do mm. is letting them know that they have that help and that's mainly it in general
1: all right i know pablo i know that you're running short of time because you've got another event to be at Uh, uh, later this evening so a couple more questions Uh, what advice do you have for TRIO students any words of wisdom that you want to share with them on this podcast
2: Hmm. so I would say get out of your comfort zone like and be as involved as you can or want to be because I know when I started getting involved or more involved within just the activities on campus, I was like, wow, this is super cool. I wish I could do more of this. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, I'm graduating. <laughs> I know with the the student government here at CSU, so the associated students of CSU, ASCSU, um, there were some very interesting elections. And it oh, yeah. made me very exciting to be part of those elections. Yeah. And maybe want to become a candidate, but unfortunately, I couldn't. So with that in mind, I would urge everyone to just get out of their comfort zone and get involved as you can. And just remember that you might not think that you're doing enough, but you are. And that's okay. And be sure to get that help. Because I so I personally still struggle asking for help, but getting help is okay. Yeah.
1: Pablo, it's been a true pleasure to have you on this podcast. Uh, we're definitely gonna have to do a follow-up episode on you, and see where you are. Maybe six months, eight months from now. Oh yeah. Um. So we do have a tradition on the Let's Talk Trio podcast where we have the guests sign off. Do
2: you care to do the honors? Oh yes, I'd love to. So, hi, this is Pablo Rosas, and I am a participant of the Academic Advancement Center and will soon graduate from Colorado State University. I will say that TRIO does, in fact, work.
1: That was our guest, Pablo Rosas from Colorado State University's Academic Advancement Center. As of this recording, is a graduate. Pablo, thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing your TRIO story. We hope to have him on again in about six to eight months remember if you would like to be on the let's talk trio podcast or know a staff advocate or participant or alumni send us an email at letstalktrio at gmail.com that email again is l-e-t-s-t-a-l-k-t-r-i-o at gmail.com once again a huge thanks to our sponsors angelica vialpando rosario riley dr jamie motley dr ryan barone Felicia Rivera, Jaded Electronics, Student Access, and TrioJobLists.com. Thank you all so much for your continued support of this podcast. I'd like to take a moment to thank our honorary members of the Let's Talk Trio podcast, Roderick Chambers, Tony Ho, Scott Kendall, and Susan Cramp. The Let's Talk Trio podcast team is John Russell, audio engineer, music producer, and composer, post-production editor. Emilia Castañeda, script supervisor, marketing manager, social media manager, and producer. Juan Rivas, executive producer and host. This episode was recorded Thursday, May 4th, 2023. Remember to always exercise your right to vote. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast, and we will catch you on the next
3: episode.